Good morning. To start us out this morning, uh, let's uh, start with a fun little video that I have for everybody about Christmas and um, about the about children's uh, perspective on Christmas. So here we go. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared, and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, "Mary, you're gonna have what?" Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby, and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, "I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married." Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem. Ham, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place and here in Bethlehem, hand that that you can stay stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, "A new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews." The angel was singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out at night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, to have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Fun little video and sometimes um, kids' perspectives on stuff is quite funny, so yeah. Um, so this morning I just wanted to share about um, how hope is declared and wrapped up in Christ at Christmas time. And I want you to think about this. Um, prophecy is God speaking to us. And we know for sure God spoke these prophetic words during this time because 
You know, it's written about it in the Bible. It's declared in many ways. And so prophecy, like I said, is God speaking. So what is God speaking during this time of his son's birth? And I want to look at some words that kind of jumped out at me as I was reading through the Christmas story. And so let's dive right into that. And the first word that I have for you this morning is salvation. This is the prophecy given to Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist. Just to give you a little background of the story of Zacharias, he is married to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is barren. And Zacharias is praying for her to have a child. And then an angel of the Lord comes one day in the temple and says, Your prayers have been heard, and Elizabeth will conceive a child. And, you know, I know the angel's reception to Zacharias's response wasn't too keen, but I, I kind of thought he was being wise here with some of his words that he chose. Like he says to the angel, How can this be seen that I am old and my wife is advanced in years? He used old for himself, but he said his wife is advanced in years. So he's being, I think he's being a wise man. But you know what? The angel saw his heart, you know, and he didn't have faith. And so what happens to him? He is mute. He couldn't speak. The angel said, because you don't believe, you're going to be mute until your son is born. Now with Mary, uh, remember, Mary asked the same question, but she believed in her heart. She had faith. So the angel knew uh, Zacharias' heart. So he's mute. He can't speak until his son's is born. And they ask Elizabeth, what is the son's name going to be? And she's like, his name is going to be John. They say, well, nobody in your family is named John. So Zacharias comes in, but he can't speak here. So he gets something to write with, and he writes down the name John. And as soon as he writes down the name, he can speak. And that's where we're going to pick up on our story here. In Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through 69, it says, Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now notice the word salvation there. Verses 76 through 77 says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remissions of their sin. So here I want to say my first point about Christmas is don't forget that Christmas represents salvation. It's God sending his son to save us from our sins. That's the main priority message of Christmas, isn't it? In the name Jesus... For he will save his people from their sins. And so Jesus is a derivative of Yeshua, meaning I am God, your salvation. One of the reasons that the Pharisees got so mad at Jesus is because Jesus would say, I am the door. 
I am the good shepherd. Every time he was saying, I am God, the door. I am God, the bread. I am God, the way. That is what Jesus is. He is salvation. So let's not forget that at this time, that Jesus is our salvation. So when you're busy with Christmas and all the things going on, and especially now in this environment where you have to act a certain way, be a certain distance away from people, I make sure my mask is over my ears or whatever, you know, so there's all this stuff going on. But let's not forget that it's about Jesus and our salvation. The second word I want to bring to you this morning is favor. This prophecy was given to Mary in Luke 1, 26 through 30. It says, Now in the sixth month, an angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, he saw, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered the man, that what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. What does the word favor mean? The word favor in the Greek is karyos, which means grace. Six times in the New Testament, it is translated favor. 130 times, it's translated grace. The reason I told you that is so that you can understand simply what he's saying, what favor really is. Favor is grace. For you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There is something God is speaking when his son is born. He spoke salvation, and now he spoke grace. And I just want to reiterate that this time of the season is also a time to remember the grace that has been given to you. And you can enter into that time of grace, which means God has you as one of his favorites. And you know, in our family, sometimes if you have children, sometimes children or people will say, who's your favorite? And I'll say as a parent, you know, there are times it seems like one child is more favored than the other. But you know what? All my kids are my favorite. And in God's eyes, as you as his children, you are his favorite. And here, what the word favorite means is one whom favor rests. One who favors rests. So grace rests on you. Favor rests on you. Again, in all the busyness of Christmas, let's remember that you are God's favorite. Third word I want to release this morning is blessed. This is a prophecy given through Elizabeth. In Luke 1, 39 through 42, it says, Now Mary arose in the days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah. And entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. What's the Greek word for blessed? Makarios, meaning happy. When we talk about blessed or blessing, the word means happy. Jesus came to make you happy. There was a, se- a couple months back, my, my son was uh, not happy in his current job. And I just began to pray that a, a new job would be open to him, a job that he would be happy at it, that he would enjoy. And I just, I just began to pray into it. And this opportunity came, and he applied for the job. But it didn't look like he got the job. It looked like the perfect job. So I just continued to pray into it because I wanted my son to be happy. I wanted him to enjoy where he went to work. And I began to just pray into that, pray into that. Then he got a call back a couple weeks later. He didn't think he was getting the job. But they said, you know what? You have the job. It's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. He has the weekends off. You know, and he was working grocery before, and that's all kinds of hours all over the place. Weekends, you can have split days off. You don't, sometimes it's, and it's a hard job sometimes. It's not consistent. And so it was nice to see that God was hearing my prayers because I wanted my son to be happy, and he wanted me to be happy. He wants you to be happy, you know, because he wants to bless us, to be blessed, to be happy. And there's, a lie of Satan that likes to tell us that if you live a life for Christ, you're not going to be happy. It's not going to be any fun. And people will say this often. Well, I want to have fun. Well, please hear me on this. It's not fun on the other side. There's a lot of bondage. There's a lot of stuff that is, um, it may be fun for a season, but it does have consequences. And nothing on that side lasts. People say, I want to live my life. I want to have fun. And then at the end, right before I die, I'll give my life to the Lord. But you know what? That comes with a hard road. And you're not guaranteed that you'll have that moment in the end. So why not grasp that moment now? That grab, grasp that moment of salvation. Grasp that moment of being blessed and favored. In Acts 3, Peter preaching to the Jews, and this is what he's saying in verse 26, to you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away everyone, every one of you from your iniquities. Jesus is here to bless you. He wants you to be happy in this season. The fourth word I want to release this morning is guidance. Now, this word doesn't actually appear in this set of scripture, but it's just what I kind of got from this part of the section of the scripture. And it's Matthew 1, 19 through 21. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. 
But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So now Jesus is born, and they're about to go back home. In Matthew two thirteen, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Then in Matthew two nineteen through 23, it says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's lives are de- life is dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Now these prophetic words are amazing, and this is what I get out of this one to Joseph. God's going to guide me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to get upset about things. I don't have to have anxiety about circumstances going on in my life or you don't in your life because Jesus came and one of the things God was speaking when Jesus came is what was that he was going to give us guidance. He was he'll warn us if he has to even in a dream. As we saw in this passage, he'll tell us where to go. He'll tell us if we need to move to another city. He'll tell us uh, if we should take this job or not, which city to move to, which school district to put my kids in, or what should I do at this time in school. God is here to guide us. This is part of what Christmas means. God came to bless us, give us grace, and salvation, and he came to guide us every day for the blessing and benefit of our families. He provided to us a GPS, guidance, protection, service. What's great about God is he'll speak to us. He'll speak to us through those dreams. He'll speak to us through prophecy, and he will speak to us through his word that he's given us. The fifth word I wanted to share this morning is joy. This was given to the shepherds. In Luke 2, 8 through 10, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This word joy means the cause of 
the reason of. And you've heard that saying before, Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, Jesus really is the reason for the season. The great joy, because without Jesus, your reason and your season do not produce joy. It comes from him. Jesus is really the reason for the season. And right now, some people are going through some hard times. In fact, I was reading some letters to Santa from some kids, and here's just a couple of them. Lily, a sixth grader from Maine, shared the toll of coronavirus has taken on her family. I have not had a good year, the 11-year-old wrote in her letter to Mr. Claus. My grandpa has passed away, and I could not see him because of COVID. I miss him, and I miss his big hugs. Santa, can you bring Grammy a puppy so she won't be lonely? Dear Santa, Caden wrote in a handwritten letter, I would do everything if you could somehow restart fifth grade with no COVID. So please, if you're, if you're the amazing Santa, could you restart it? I would be happy. This season has brought a time of where it's hard to have joy. You know, and so, but the only place that we can find joy is in Christ. And that's one of the things that we have as Christians. We have the ability to both grieve, but also operate in joy. Well, why is that? Because we can combat the lie of Satan. We can, if there is someone that is lost or something going on, we can declare the answer. We can declare the healing or as someone in our family that is in Christ has passed away. We can grieve for them, but we can have joy as well that one day we will see them again in heaven because we have that eternal promise of salvation. So even though there is times of sorrow, we can break through with joy. And that's what Christ did on, on Christmas when he was born. A breaking in of joy. A breaking in of joy to the people. So even in grief, you can have joy. No matter what you're going through this Christmas, you can have joy. One of the words of Christmas is joy. You can have joy even in your circumstances right now, whatever you're going through. Sometimes we get caught up in those circumstances around us, and we allow them to affect us how we celebrate Christmas. This process gauges your joy based on circumstances rather than through his perspective of his son Jesus and the joy he's releasing to you. Word number six, redemption. This was given to Anna, a prophetess in, at the temple in Luke 2, 36 through 38. It says, now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, that's my best go at that, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. 
Now, Anna here was 105 years old, if you kind of add up the things in the scripture. And Simeon, as well, that's in this part of the story, was about 112. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is that at no matter what age you are, whether you're young or old, uh, God can use you to bring redemption. He can use you and partner with you to bring redemption. And Anna prophesies redemption. You have to think about the word redeem in redemption. First of all, deem means has to do with value. How much do you deem that to be? So it's about buying or purchasing. But when you put re in front of it, it means to purchase it again or to buy it back again. It has to do about a second time. So God came to buy you back because we were his in the garden, right? And we were lost to sin. So Jesus came to repurchase what was already his. There is a great example of this in the Bible in Hosea in chapters 1 and 3, if you want to read it. So in Hosea 1, God tells Hosea, go take a wife who is a prostitute at the time and take and he takes the wife, and he lives with him, and they have three children. Well, she slips back into prostitution. Then in chapter 3, God says to him to go buy her again. This word here is redeem. You go redeem her. Even though she left you to go back into that life, it's a prophetic picture of Israel where they left And God said, go redeem them. I'm going to bring them back. Here's what it says to me. It says, even when I leave, even when I make a mistake, even when I go back into sin, um, even when I fall or blow it, Christ is there to redeem me. He's there to bring me back no matter what I've done. Also in the word, chapter 3 of Hosea, chapter 1 says, take a wife. Chapter 3 says, love a wife. You go lay your life down for her, Hosea. Then you tell Israel, this is what I'm doing for you. I'm laying my life down for you to redeem you. This is a prophetic picture of Jesus coming to redeem us. Here's the seventh word I want to bring this morning. Peace. This was given through Simeon in Luke 2 through 25 through verse 29. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to him, according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him and said, Lord, you are are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. So he had promised him that he would see Christ. And you know what? We can have peace in our life that no matter what God has, no matter all the promises that he has given us, 
They're ours. We can have peace. We can rest in that peace to who Christ is because his word rings true. It's never going to fail you. It's never going to let you down. You don't have to worry or stress about it. You can have peace in God's word and what he has told you he's going to do, just as he did here with Simeon. He said, you will see the child before you, you leave this planet. And he did. God fulfilled that, and he has peace. And also, of course, the shepherds. Um, God told the shepherds, peace on earth. That is God's desire for peace to reign on earth. And in this last season of my life, these last couple months, just the constant barrage of the, the changes back and forth with what you needed to do, what you couldn't do. And I'm, you know, I work as an essential worker as a grocery store. And you have to be this distance away. You have to th- make sure of this. One day I, I punched in at the time clock. And for some reason, I took my mask off. And I started walking through the store. I already had my mask on, and I just removed it. And I'm on the clock, and I'm walking to the back of the store. People are staring at me. They're like going, what? I'm just like, why is everybody staring at me? What's going on? And so suddenly it dawns on me, I don't have my mask on. <laughs> I, people are not having peace around me because I don't have my mask on. You know what? And God wants you to have peace. And I was not dwelling in peace at the time either. And God revealed to me, I want you to pray to and from work in your car in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. So to and from work every day, everywhere I went to the church, to home, to the grocery store, I was praying in the spirit. And as I did that, uh, the peace began to fill that car, began to fill my life, began to refill that area of peace that had been drained from me over these months. And I began to see that. And I want you to know that Christ wants to release that to you as well in him. He speaks through peace. What I want to say this morning and wrapping up is Jesus is coming. He's coming and he's wrapped up for us. He's wrapped up in swaddling clothes. And there's all these words that represent who he is and to us and what he is for us. This is what I'm trying to say through Christmas. Even though you're going through difficult things, you can still have peace because the Prince of Peace has come. You know what? We get in Christ, we get salvation. We get favor. We get blessing. We get guidance. We get joy. We get redemption and, all, and peace all wrapped up in Christ at Christmas, at his birth. It is given to us. Let us bow our heads. I just pray right now as we bow our heads that you just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying through me through this message this morning? What are you saying to me, Lord? What is something that I, even in my life that I needed an extra boost of peace? What, what do you need an extra boost of? Do you need salvation to ring true in your heart? 
Do you need um, favor in something you are applying for or doing or going through in life? Would you rely extra release of blessing? Would you like guidance, joy, redemption, and peace? Or maybe you need more of all, all these things. God wants to, he's never ending. And so he wants to re- reveal more. And so if you just want more of all, just ask for that. So I just pray right now. I declare right now in the name of Jesus that these words that were spoken this morning are being revealed to us in our heart, revelation in our heart, and being imparted right now to each of you. I impart salvation to those who need to call on Christ. I impart favor in whatever you need favor. I impart blessing. I impart guidance. I impart joy. I impart redemption, and I impart peace in this season of Christmas over each and one of your lives. And we just receive that in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys be blessed this Christmas. Pastor Dan. Good word, Jeremiah. I love that. All those uh, miraculous blessings that come with Jesus, all wrapped up in Jesus. He's, he is really the one, isn't he? So, yeah, Brendan and I want to wish you guys Merry Christmas. Hope it works out for you to join us on Christmas Eve here at Candlelight Service at 6. And um, may God's favor be on, and all these other blessings be with you, both in the season of Christmas and always. One other thing I want to especially note before we uh, are dismissed is that Andy and Vicki um, Serrano have developed a, um, a declaration scroll, and it's all about Jesus, and some cool scriptures and declarations about Jesus. You can pick one up in the lobby afterwards if you haven't already got one. So, Okay, blessings to everybody, and Merry Christmas. God bless us all. Amen. Amen.